1: July the 8th on the Mike Abadir Show. I hope everyone had a good 4th of July holiday week weekend. It felt nice. To, this year sort of felt a little bit more back to normal for a, a lot of people in places, seeing people out and, uh, and about. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of things uh you know, opening back up and kind of getting back to uh, uh, the swing of things as we are really on that summer kick right now. Mike, we've got the NBA Finals rolling along. Game 2 coming up in just a little bit. We're about at the halfway point. It's almost all-star game point. I, I know you and I are big fans of uh, the Home Run Derby and all the all-star festivities that are going to come up next week. and uh, We're about to turn the page into those really awesome summer racing meets. Next week, we've got saratoga and then the next day del mar opening back up so those are all sort of signs of the the summer on the horizon absolutely you know it's it's one of those things where
2: when i was in school gino you know, I, I always looked forward to memorial day because that meant that we we're out of school right and that or close to it you know it's kind and of the I sign. always kind of like yeah. fourth of july but i kind of hated it because it meant that my summer vacation's halfway over. You're in the middle of summer. I know, exactly. right? Yeah. Then you get old enough to become like a, a racing fan, and it becomes, hey, but the icing on the cake is that you get Del Mar and Saratoga.
1: And it's kind of like a, a little bit of a signal that, hey, you know what? The NFL is not that far away. You know? We're like eight weeks away or so, and it sort of sounds like a lot, but it's really not. No. It's really no, not. It's not a lot. I mean, the camps you know, are going to gonna break for camp
2: pretty soon actually you know yep. so it's definitely right around the corner and
1: i think we're gonna get an interesting hard knocks this year I, I believe it's the cowboys right if i saw correctly
2: yeah so they I th- haven't uh, been involved in uh, in a few years now
1: so that'll we'll get always the, get some um a dac you know, uh comeback life. story and you know i'm sure we'll get a little jo- jerry jones on there somewhere and so that should be uh that should be a, a lot of fun and and, and really interesting and uh, this is a big weekend, uh, a big fight weekend, too. We're going to have lots of uh, big fights coming up over the next few weeks. Just a lot of these big events, we've been talking about Euro Cup, um, all seemingly kind of back now. So the the next few months look really, really fun and exciting for sports fans.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we're obviously limited on time. I'd love to be able to dissect each of those topics that you brought up. But really quickly, I'll hit on it. The Euro Cup was a lot of fun to me this year. I don't know. Here's the thing. I grew up with kind of a soccer household, you know, where the first love at home was actually soccer until I kind of forced baseball (laughs) upon the household, you know, my parents and stuff like that. Uh, But I will say this. I never fell in love with it. I like playing it, but I never fell in love with watching soccer, probably until, I don't know, the last 10 or so years, I've really gotten into it progressively more and more with each year, each World Cup, et cetera, that passes. Maybe it's because the networks brought the Premier League in. Yeah, the accessibility. The women's women's team has been so compelling. I really enjoy watching women's soccer. Uh, So this Euro Cup and Copa America have been must see things for me, must see TV. Whereas maybe before, maybe I'd select, you know, the finals or the semifinals. You you know what I mean, Gino? And yes. it's lived up to that expectation and beyond. I mean, just on each side there. England, I mean, they are like the Cubs and the Red Sox before winning their World Series times 10. Not in terms of the length of time, because it's been since 66 since they participated in a finals event. But in terms of the amount of pressure that's on them, because... That's all the country has to ride on. You know what I mean? Like here we have baseball, basketball, football. You could turn the page over there. It's soccer, man. It's a soccer country. Yep. As are many of the countries in the world. So for them, that that's huge. So they've made a a really nice run. And obviously Italy is kind of supposed to be there. And uh, it's,
1: it's nice to see a favorite execute as they should. And, you I think you hit the nail on the head the accessibility just getting the having the opportunity to watch all of these games that we just didn't have the opportunity to watch before or they would be so hard to find or you'd have to really pay out you know out your butt for like a, a bat like a, a very expensive type uh, package if you wanted yeah, you to exactly. watch them yep. you know nowadays you can watch almost all of these games for free they're just on early which is kind of cool if you're someone based that's uh, more on, we're on the west coast so they're pretty early for us but like a lot of the people on the east coast they love it because it's right there in the morning for them a lot of the uh the the euro the like the international games or a lot of the uh the best leagues in europe or or you know top america or wherever they are so yeah just i, I sort of am and even i mean just compared to what i am um, i personally follow myself which it, is sort of funny because like I was by far a, the best and the most invested in playing soccer my whole life, all the way through high school, coaching soccer, um, in AYSO club got certified to coach club and coach club for a couple different years. Like one of my first jobs was getting paid to coach soccer. <laughs> and, and it's funny. Cause like, I, I just don't follow it. it like you were saying. Um, it's not that I don't even really enjoy it. It's just, I think one of those things where if, I was covering it a little bit more and I just got involved in it for a month. I would get completely like, I'm just kind of that person. I have that kind of a personality where if I start doing it for a week or two, I'll just be way immersed in everything. But I think for some reason I, when world cup comes along, I will, I do. I'll, I'll sort of like go all in. I'll do a big preview. I'll watch and, and like go back and watch back some of the, the qualifying matches and stuff leading up. I'll do all my homework, you know, leading up to it. But I, I have been sort of like how you were up until recently in that I haven't followed the the day to day the leagues as much. Like I couldn't tell you very many players, honestly, right now, very few that I could even like that I could even name. Which I could name more golfers and uh, tennis players probably at the moment uh, personally. So yeah. Well, and I think I think a part of that
2: is you know when you lack star power, uh, it's. Then it just becomes more about the the shield, the and, team, the logo, whatever. And for us, you know, I still haven't really gotten into MLS, to be very candid with you. Um, I think and they're the doing US a good is, job is bad, the men's. Yeah, Our and men's, the men's, US. obviously, they didn't qualify. So because now, you know, uh, we're at the age where we experienced pre and post internet, pre and post social media, and all that kind of stuff. So before, just to contrast it, we didn't hear about global superstars outside of Pele as kind of this mythical figure. And he was like the Babe Ruth of soccer, of course. And then uh, Maradona, right? Growing up, I heard about him and Argentina and that type of stuff, but that's it. But now I think because we're such a connected world and there are superstars like Messi and, uh, you know, guys that uh, uh, Beckham, right? Who's kind of crossed over into that pop culture as well. Because he's married to one of those Spice Girls. Is that what it was? Uh, You you know what I mean? So, uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Kaka, all those guys. It seemed like a flood of stars kind of became in our periphery. And I think that's helped a lot, too, Gino. I think it's helped the game quite a bit. Because now, even though they're not our stars, we get to see them and enjoy them. And then once you see them, then you're like, okay, That halfback that passed him the ball is fantastic. He's a great passer. You start knowing some of the other players on these teams and in these leagues.
1: I'll tell you, I've personally seen more people over the last two months, three months or so uh, posting on social media about, about soccer, international games, being up in the morning watching, recently playing the Euro Cup games than I can remember than I can remember in, in any years when past. When you say so, playing, you're talking about some like doling out a few bucks on the game. Oh, yeah, like- betting on games, betting on, yeah, betting, like just discussing that they were, they, they bet this or they bet that or people just discussing soccer that that, that that weren't like, you know, I don't, I'm not following necessarily a bunch of soccer reporters. So I'm talking about just like a baseball reporter mentioning they were up watching a a, a soccer game, you know, sure. from this or that. or So I, I've noticed it a lot more in the last year than i had before and i do agree with you i think it it, uh, it does seem it's funny cuz you no know, I, I think i can name you many more women's players from the us team than i could from the men's uh, they were better you know we we've seen them a little bit more we sort of had a conversation like this a few weeks ago i think but i i can feel that more people are interested in watching the uh, the international games and that's and that's good i'm 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 happy and i'm hoping we can you know like anything we got we got to get our uh we got to get our team here figured out a little bit because we've had just I, – I don't – I still don't understand. I know I, I understand because we, like you said, soccer to us is just another sport. We don't – like the best athletes in the world aren't necessarily just being groomed to play soccer when they're growing up like they are in a lot of other places. But you'd you'd figure by now with the years of like – youth soccer and the influx that there's been an a, at least like a full generation of people that were playing AYSO when they were young growing up a lot more cuz like my, my dad didn't really like when he was young they didn't really play soccer like local soccer it was baseball everybody played little league baseball but it wasn't like oh yeah we're all in the local AYSO soccer when i was growing up everybody in school played soccer up till about 10 And then the ones that didn't like it anymore decided not to. But, like, on those AYSO Saturday picture days, like, you got everybody there from your whole school. From Like, it was crazy. I'm just shocked that we haven't been able to be better than that with the full generation all the way through growing up playing soccer.
2: You know, and I've heard all the arguments. I know you have as well. You know, well, if the dollar amounts were more – then maybe people would target it a little bit more frequently. You know, I've heard the argument about, um, you know, in inner cities, it's, it's a lot of the people that play sports in those areas. Or affluent. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you, ha- you know, it's, it's kind of a theory that you have to have some money to be on these traveling teams. If you don't play on these traveling teams, you're not going to be discovered. So it's kind of a middle class, slightly rich person sport. Uh, but, I'll counter that with this. I think if you're a really good talent and you're playing at the high school level, you're going to be discovered by a college team, Absolutely. at least, right? And if you're discovered by a college team, then you've got a shot. So that's kind of the way I see it. So those arguments are valid, but they're not a complete, no, and it still doesn't make sense. It still no. doesn't make sense. Exactly right. I, I still be think better. it's in our DNA to be you know, baseball, football, basketball. Yeah.
1: yeah know, and and then in some
2: regions, you know, hockey, there's some pockets, you know, Minnesota and parts of the nor- Northeast. You know, all the American hockey players are like from those areas, basically. You get one from LA every once in a while, one from Phoenix every once in a while. But for the most part, it's very regional. I have noticed, though, that soccer has become extremely popular
1: in Seattle and Portland. Yep, their fans, those... Um, those games are like experiences. They're, I think Houston gets a pretty good, um, like a good reception too from some of these MLS cities that you like that you sort of wouldn't get, and even the uh, LAFC out here. Um, and it, like it was them, and then um, you know, some of the so like Galaxy has always gotten pretty good, pretty good attendance and reception out here, even though you know in LA there's a lot of other things to do. So you're right. It, it I like it didn't catch on for me MLS like nationwide um, it didn't feel like it caught on I think early on when the galaxy was here I remember some more of the buzz and and, and the feeling like it was you know when I was a little younger playing soccer more but it's one of those things like we've always a- asked the question we've always said oh this might change it this might change it that might change it I just it's a head scratcher. So I, I don't understand why we haven't been able to figure out more on the men's side. The women kick butt. We talk about them all the time. They're awesome. No, they are awesome.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. They are, they are really, really good. They're fun to watch. Um, and th- there's a lot of different personalities. It's a pretty, uh, diverse group of, uh, of af- very athletic ladies. And, uh, and just like we want from any of our sports, we want to be entertained. We want to see the best of the best. And, um, you know, they've been punishing opponents for a really, really long time. So, I, you know, I got into it early on because one of, uh, you know, back in Modesto growing up, uh, my same year, Tish Venturini, she went on to be, uh, you know, an MVP over at North Carolina. And then, uh, and then she made it onto the U.S. national team. Mia Hamm fell into her footsteps. She also went to North Carolina, won the MVP, whatever it's called for soccer, Golden Boot or whatever for the women's game. Who um, was she was her successor, and then they ended up being on the same team together. And then, obviously, being a Red Sox fan, Nomar Garcia Para ended up marrying Mia. Mia Hamm. So you get what I'm saying. So I kind of got entrenched into women's soccer. A while ago and I've just continued to uh, have an affinity for that game more and more each year I don't want to ignore the other uh, tournament that's going on which is Copa America and in that one you've got basically the Yankees and the Red Sox or the Cowboys or whatever teams you Lakers and, and Celtics you have Brazil and Argentina in that final so that should be a lot of fun
1: soccer is uh yeah and it's on the brain for uh for everyone right now so um in we were talking and teasing a little bit about it we're only a couple weeks away from the olympics but we've got to really keep our fingers crossed because a lot of the reports coming out of there are um not positive about you know the way that some of the virus and the variants have spread over there they didn't have a great vaccination um percentage so you got to keep we got to keep our fingers crossed because i mean they're set but things are not necessarily going well. I, I, we just we we're gonna hope for the best, you know.
2: No, in fact, there is an outbreak uh, currently over there, enough so that they've actually um, they made an announcement that they are not allowing fans to attend. Yeah, there we go. So that's kind of a bummer. It's kind of going backwards a little bit. Um, you know, these people that participate in these sports, you know, they slave themselves to the game, to the event, to From one the shot. Sport.
1: One Usually. shot to be seen Some by them get two or three shots, but most of them get their yeah. one window when they're at their peak that they've worked the entire time to get lucky and your family and your friends or your loved ones don't get to necessarily sh- be there and share it with you and cheer you on. Exactly.
2: Which is I was trying to think of which sports wouldn't it matter? And I was like, I, I came up with rowing. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you, you really need fans back at the docks. When if you're on the rowing team or something, although maybe you could hear them cheering from far away. I don't know. But I mean, overall, I mean, I think it pumps you up. But I mean, being in the Olympics should pump you up on, on your own. It's just kind of a bummer that a lot of these young men and women can't um, get to feel the the totality of the experience, because like you said, they're probably not going to get it again. And uh, when is that going to be then? Twenty? I don't know, because I don't know if they're going back to the 2020-2024 or if they're now going to do it 2025 and be on that schedule. Whenever it is, um, you're probably not going to have, like, 90% of the participants from uh, two weeks from now's games, right? So, uh, interesting. We will keep our fingers crossed, like you said, Gino. Uh, Just a quick footnote. So, Saturday, 5 p.m. is the Brazil... Argentina finals in Copa America if you guys are wondering and then it will be Sunday at noon Italy and England and those times that I'm citing are Pacific time Los Angeles time because that's where Gino and I are so um, you know do the math on it figure out where you're at and uh, enjoy the weekend of sports after the break we're also going to talk about something else that's going on Saturday night so watch watch the game Watch your baseball and your horse racing in the day, in the evening, tune in to the uh, uh, Brazil and Argentina game. And then at night, you got UFC 264. So let's leave it there, take a commercial break, and we'll talk a little UFC, Conor McGregor, all of that and then some right after this.
3: us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn
4: want to play the ponies and win <laughs>
0: This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mike at
1: show.com Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, and we have our guest on the line. Mike, why don't you introduce our guest for today?
2: Yeah, a quick note. We were talking about vi- the virus and outbreaks. I am seeing now on the ticker that there is a an outbreak in the Tyson Fury camp, which might be jeopardizing
1: yeah. the upcoming fight. Yeah, so they said it will. There is almost no doubt that it will be pushed back. Um, they just don't know how far because I think there was somebody in the camp. So just fingers crossed that it can be maybe pushed back a little bit and not completely canceled.
2: I wonder how that works with the venues and all that kind of stuff would yeah, be yeah, kind of tricky. The- I, I hadn't seen any details. I just literally saw it on the ticker. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. And like you alluded to, Gino, we've got a slew of fights coming up, ranging from boxing to UFC, mixed martial arts, et cetera. You know, um, Pacquiao, we're talking about even De La Hoya and uh, Mayweather. You know, there are so many fights that are either scheduled or going to be scheduled. But let's start with this Saturday because the main event, UFC 264, is coming up in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. And the headliner, obviously, anywhere, any place he fights, any opponent he fights, the headline's always going to be Conor McGregor. And let's talk a little, Connor, let's talk a little UFC action with our insider, who is a fighter, who is known as the KO Kid, Keith Barry. Keith, what's going on, man? How are you?
5: Hey, Mike. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm doing great. Um, yeah. Happy Thursday.
2: Yes. Happy Thursday to you, too, my friend. So uh, let's start with the McGregor fight. Poiri, I don't even know how to pronounce. it. Is it Poirier, 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 Poirier. Poirier. Yeah. McGregor Poirier. three. So fill us in on what happened in one and two. Let's start there.
5: Okay, so McGregor. This is when McGregor was coming up. He beat Poirier. Um, I'm pretty sure he knocked him out. Yeah, he knocked him out in the first round and their first go around. And this is when Conor was coming up. He he hadn't really. So this lost is before yet. like.
2: This is before he was mainstream American. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. This is kind of okay. like...
5: Yeah, this is like before he won the titles and um, kind of really got mainstream. So, it's probably like his fifth or sixth um, knockout win in the UFC at that time. And okay. then uh, from there, I mean, a lot of things happened. He went through the Khabib fights. Um, he went through the Nate trilogy. He went through a lot of fights. And then... Um, I think he thought. I think Conor thought Dustin would be an easy fight back because he's already beat him. Thought he like had something on him. So he was actually supposed to fight Pacquiao. McGregor was supposed to box Pacquiao, but then he Poirier knocked out McGregor the second time and then kind of crushed all uh, McGregor's dreams to box Pacquiao because Pacquiao's team didn't want to do it after that because you know if he won they would be like yeah let's box him and it's all the hype but he just lost so he kind of lost all the hype. Uh, and then Poirier had it. And there's no reason for him to box Poirier. That didn't really make as much sense. Um, but, but yeah, so now we're at fight number three. And uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting because a lot of things have happened with uh, Dustin. A lot of things have happened with McGregor. Dustin's became kind of like almost, almost famous, not like too famous. But, um, yeah, he's became a lot more well-known. And then Conor, it seems like seems like he's refocused. He's actually training in Newport Beach. I was over there training yesterday. And I heard his whole camp is training in New Beach, uh, Newport Beach. They in a gym, and uh, they got a whole private training camp going, and you know, people see him riding his bike uh, in the Newport Beach streets over there. But um, I thought that was kind of cool, kind of random. But I, McGregor's an underdog for this fight. He thinks it's even odd. I think it's even odd than Poirier's, like a negative 130. So I'm kind of thinking that... I'm I'm hoping Connor. I'm kind of pulling for Connor. Um, I, I don't know. I like Dustin too. It's so hard because Dustin's such a good guy. He plays the good guy. He's just like he has a kids charity. Um, he's an all around fighter. He accepts losses very humble. He accepts wins very humble. He's just a nice guy all around. And then you got McGregor. He's kind of the heel. He's telling all this stuff about like, oh, Khabib sucks. He didn't do anything in the sport. Even though he's undefeated, the only undefeated fighter ever in MMA, so obviously he's done a lot of things in the sport. But um, so Connor's kind of more the heel, and he's going to play up that heel thing. And Dustin's just going to be nonchalant. And I feel Connor's going to play up the heel. Um, but I don't know. It's gonna. I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to bet on it. I'm going to bet on Connor because he's an underdog. And I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll throw hundred bucks on it. But I still really don't know what's going to happen. Um, I could just see Dustin. I mean, Dustin's a favorite. He's a negative one hundred and thirty, so the odds makers think that there's a, there's a, more of a favor that he's going to win. Obviously, um, not by very much, but it, it is he's a favorite. So it's, it's kinda, I could just see him winning and uh, ending it, and then Connor like doing one of those retired things because if he loses twice to Dustin, I mean, um, it's going to kind of I don't know. I think he's kind of. I think he has a lot of mainstream fans that just kind of bite on, and he doesn't have as many like of the hardcore fans. McGregor and Poirier has more hardcore fans, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting fight, and it's going to be interesting to see how he acclimated from the first fight because he took a bunch of hard leg kicks. So, but yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, going into this fight, for those who don't follow that carefully McGregor isn't really on a hot streak of any nature in fact his no, last fight was against Dustin and that he was a, uh, a loss in the second round knockout going into <laughs> yeah, this fight yep. he, he's won three and lost three in his last six fights right mm-hmm. two of those were one win one loss against Nate Diaz the win was by decision although it was a majority decision, right? He lost to Khabib by submission um, and sprinkled in a couple wins against Eddie Alvarez and Donald Cerrone. I think the point that I'm getting at is his best days are probably behind him. Wouldn't you think? I mean, this guy turned pro uh, with UFC in 08. So, I mean, he's had a long run. And kind of like you were talking about, he was – Kind of, he was winning fights before he was in our landscape here in America. You know, if you're uh, a UFC junkie, then you probably know that. But I don't remember exactly when he started getting popular here, maybe 2012 or something. I'm not sure. But either way, he had, he had already been in four or five years until that point. Are his best days yeah. behind him, do you think?
5: I don't know. We're going to find out. That's the whole, that's what's going to show on this fight. It's going to show either Conor's going to make a run and he's going to get a couple more fights and do something cool and we're going to see maybe him get the title again or something or we're going to just see him lose and then that's that. I I mean, if he loses to Dustin, I feel like it's like career ending for him because like I said, I feel like he has a lot of kind of noob fans to the MMA scene. I mean, I've been into MMA since, 2000s, and I started fighting in 2005, so and so is Poirier. Poirier's been around a long time. Dustin, they call him the Diamond. So, uh, Dustin the Diamond Poirier, I think he's been around since 2006. So, he's been around a long time, and he's so been So, this is a sport right there, you and, can kind of uh, do when you're a little bit older,
2: then. Yeah, because it's I mean, not like baseball, you football. Uh, that over. Yeah, this well, is one more of
5: the on sports reflexes where you can <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like boxing is more. Sorry, boxing is more of a young man sport, and MMA. There's a lot of grappling involved, so I think you can kind of like, you know, drag it on a bit. Interesting, Gino. You know what's... Uh,
2: you know, as as Keith was just giving us the breakdown of the, of the fight, and you know, handicapping how difficult it is to handicap it. You know, it kind of makes me think like that. I think UFC in general, MMA, the fight sports in general that aren't traditional boxing are very difficult to handicap because you almost have like, I'm going to use a horse racing analogy just off the top of my head. It would almost be like having a, a jumper, a horse jumper go up against, you know, a dirt miler in a speed race on the grass.
1: Well, and it's it's very stylistic, right? Like, styles make fights. And so, you need to, like, fighters can come into a, a big fight with what we know is their best style, but a lot of them, they're smart. They know what the other guy does. Just they, They've watched the film. They know what their opponent has done. So they're going to try to add something to their repertoire. And so that that's why you wonder, like, with what everything uh, you're talking about with Connor and um, and his camp, kind of feeling like maybe he's taking this fight, I don't want to say more seriously, but um, the approach might be a little bit more of a serious camp approach. You'd have to imagine that he's going to approach this fight a little differently than he did in, uh, in, in fight mm-hmm. number two, which didn't go well for him. So stylistically, I'm, I'm kind of curious and wondering like if he's going to come out and trying to do something a little bit different.
5: Yeah, he's a, definitely a one-round fighter. I don't want mean to say that um, because people have said that about me before, but I've literally knocked people out in, like, six seconds. So, I mean, you could say I'm a <laughs> one-round fighter. But um, Connor, like, he has that powder power in the beginning of the rounds always, and um, that's when he gets most of his finishes. He'll tag you all up, and then maybe he'll finish in the second round. But um, with Dustin, it's going to be a little different because Dustin, he's a good striker, and uh Connor, he, Dustin has way more tools than Connor, and I just feel like now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I think Dustin, he, and he even said this on an interview I listened to earlier today. He said that he's like, I don't usually make predictions, but I feel like I'm going to choke him out in this fight. I'm going to get a submission. So I could see that happening easily because they can go back and forth with striking. And they can get some lucky shots on each other. They can rock each other. I could see that happening, and then I could see like, it just going on later rounds because it's a five round fight. I could see Dustin just starting to take him down, starting to mix it up between takedowns and kicks and punches, and more takedowns, and and just kind of bringing them to deep waters. And then I could even see him winning a decision. He wins a decision, and then uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what so happens. So is it fair to know, say? i excited say, for it, actually.
2: So is it is it fair to say if the fight gets into the third round, big time advantage for uh, Poirier?
5: Yeah. I would say that I would say that the betting odds probably show that as well. I would say over three and a half rounds, it's probably like a plus two twenty. If you want to look it up, let me look it up. I'll look it up. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good fight. Um, the thing about this fight, it's going to bring all the, all these corner fights, they bring so much publicity to MMA in general. So it's so great for the sport. And, uh, and Dustin is a kind of a perfect person for him to fight because they both play their role so well. Like, you know, in WWE, there's always the heel and then there's like the good guy and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's always that storyline. So these two play that so well and it truly is who they are, I think. Well, obviously, Connor, I don't think he's a total bad guy. I mean, his family, I'm sure he's nice behind closed doors, whatever. Um, but I've heard a lot of instances, like he has a big ego and he's done a lot of crazy things. So, um, are just totally different guys personality wise. But, uh, when you see their fight style, they're real similar. And then Dustin has more tools with wrestling, with jiu-jitsu, with even kickboxing. So, um, Connor's more like just a good boxer and, uh, he throws some kicks here and there. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh,
2: it, it's it's very true what you said in terms of the eyeballs he brings UFC and that it's good for the sport. Completely agree with you because this is UFC 264. Gino, I don't think we talked about 263 or 262 or or 258. The last mention was probably oh. UFC 257, which involved McGregor,
1: right? Yeah, so, he, he's... He, he's always been one that gets the eyeballs on no doubt about it and and then like he said it's good for everybody else because then everybody else is, is is watching the fight they start to see some of the other really good fighters underneath and it, it, it gives them the opportunity to maybe another star to be made and this could be a huge like, like you said Dustin's become more of a name the last couple of years but if he's sort of able to really put Connor away here this would be um, obviously even bigger for his legacy and for his name and, and you know in his star. Mm-hmm.
5: Did you yeah, guys absolutely. hear about what happened with uh, his whole like children's charity Dustin's and uh, after their fight Connor said oh I'm going to definitely you know I appreciate you, uh, you as a man blah 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 I said all this stuff on Twitter I'm going to donate to your your children's charity. And then as the months went on, they got into it on Twitter again about something else. And then Connor never um, donated. So then Ooh, that's not good. That's kind of, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of shitty. So he kind of said all these nice things about Dustin. Af- this is after Connor lost the second time. So then, um, then as time went on, he pulled out and never donated. And then I uh, just ignored him about the whole thing. So, and then you got Connor or you got, uh, Poirier's wife messaging Connor and the Connor taking screenshots and putting it on Twitter. It's just kind of weird. They get a little too personal. I would hate to get that personal, like my wife, like talking to the guy that I'm gonna fight. It would that would be so annoying for me. But um, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know if it's all a big like publicity ploy and we all. I'm just buying into it. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a, a huge fight. Just like every fight Connor does. So it's going to bring more eyes in sport. And uh, they actually signed this huge crypto deal with crypto.com, a $175 million deal. And they're, I, I think all the that. fighters are going to have it on their shorts. So I, I think that was that. huge for crypto because a lot of UFC fans, I feel like they could either be getting into crypto or they're interested about it or something they could be interested in. So I think that's a huge market for, um, for them and any crypto companies, and, well, you and know, Doge it's very interesting was on about one, of, that. one of the UFCs.
2: Oh, go go, good.
5: Uh, I was just saying Doge was on one of the the UFCs uh, before that. So they're definitely cryptos are definitely sneaking into the fight world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Actually,
2: and you were kind of talking about wagering lines and over unders and all that kind of stuff. I've actually seen some sports books, and for example, sportsbook.com they, uh, they want to get paid in Bitcoin, and they pay out in Bitcoin. You can't use yeah. a credit card on there, right? So um, that kind of tells you the direction that the uh, universe is going into. I did see that about the UFC deal. We uh, have a few moments before our commercial break. and Before we let you go, a little NFL angle here. Some people may remember the name Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy was a pretty menacing defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, very lightning fast for his size. Got into some uh, trouble. Uh, I mean, I, I'll just come out and say it. I mean, the things he did, you know, only bad humans, beings do uh, in terms yeah. of domestic violence and things of that nature. Um, I don't know if he's mm-hmm. turned his life around. Apparently so. What kind of fighter mm. is Greg Hardy? He is involved in uh, in the main card as well. And uh, we're talking oh, about wow. two bigger fighters here. Greg Hardy, mm. 6'5", 266. And uh, Ty Tuavasa, 6'2", 264 pounds. So these are some big dudes. They each have over 100 pounds on uh, McGregor and uh, Poirier.
5: Yeah, yeah. Heavyweights, big boys. Yeah, Any thoughts on that um, fight? Greg, I don't personally like him. I've met him. He's he uh, just, I have a bad vibe for him. I know it sounds so new age and stupid and uh, nuancey, but I just, I didn't like him. I met him at Extreme Couture maybe about a year ago, and uh, just kind of a dick. Um, he spars really hard. He's kind of still newish, and he doesn't really know. Um, his, like, distance and certain things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting because the UFC's given him a lot of chances, and he's had a couple fights where he had, like, a no contest for hitting guys illegally, and he's just like, I'm like, why do they deal with this guy? But, um, I hope he loses. <laughs> and, uh, but honestly, his fight style, he's a powerful, strong guy, and, um, uh, he could probably not, he's knocked a lot of his opponents out, but then he's had a couple of fights that were like no contests and like weird fights. Um, yeah. And then he had, didn't, I don't even want to say what he did, but he's just, I don't know. He's a character. So I don't know anything about the Thai guy. I think he might be a Hawaiian guy. I hope, I hope he wins. So I'll root for him. Good deal,
2: man. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm rooting against Greg Hardy as well. He, uh, he actually gave me the stiff arm in, uh, in recruiting for my agency, tried to get Land Greg Hardy out of Ole Miss years back, and uh, he gave me the the good old Heisman stiff arm, like, hey, I'm good, man. So uh, uh, I still rooted for him after that, but then, you know, the things that he's done to women, uh, inexcusable, and uh, he's not somebody I'm rooting for, and like you said, I'm surprised that he's even getting this many shots with the UFC Hopefully, I'll pray for him. He's dur- hopefully, he's turned his life around. We will see. But as always, we love having you on. Thank you so much for this Thank breakdown you. and analysis, filling us in on stuff that, you know, quite honestly, at least I'll speak for myself, you know, I'm just not very knowledgeable about. But I do enjoy watching and, uh, you know, try- I'm trying to gain some nuggets of information here and there when I speak to people like yourself who really, really know the game from the inside. So much appreciated.
5: Yeah, Mike and Gino, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great fight this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, well, I'm going to say final pick. I'll say Connor, and I'll say Greg Hardy. Even though I want Greg Hardy to lose, but he, I think he's going to win. I think, they set him up to win so. I think you're getting a That's, plus.
2: I think you're getting a plus 115. It on, yeah, it looks like Greg Hardy, you'd be getting a plus 115, at least according to ESPN. Oh. So. you you got a good line there going for you. So
5: anyways, have a great
2: one, man. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you again soon, my man.
5: I appreciate it, Mike. Talk to you soon. Thank you.
1: All right, you know, let's take. Yeah, give him a follow uh, at KO Kid 951 on Twitter there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that.
2: Uh, Let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the boys of summer right after this.
0: This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Mike Show.com. Now, back to this week's
1: program. Here on the Mike Abadir Show, finishing things up here as we uh, shift the focus a little bit over to baseball. The the one question I got to ask you, Mike, how come Otani isn't a bigger deal than he is for what he's doing? Like nationally, this should be huge. What this guy is doing right now, it, it is unbelievable. We we've never seen anything even remotely like this. We've never seen anyone who is you, like he's on pace and on track to hit into the sixties as far as home runs are concerned. And he's an all-star pitcher. He is an all-star as a starting pitcher and as probably the most feared power hitter in the game right now. And not only is he hitting home runs, he's hitting moonshot home runs. I feel like this should be a bigger deal. We're not just talking a relief
2: pitcher comes in kind of when only they need him you know, maybe every 10 or 12 games or something like that when their arms are really tired. We're talking about a starting pitcher who is pitching at an all-star level. And like you said, one of the most feared sluggers in the game right now. This would be, I mean, I was trying to think of what would be equivalent. You know, the only other, like, obviously two ways sports is football. So could you imagine like the the quarterback, the starting pitcher is like a quarterback, right? The, a quarterback also leading the league in sacks uh, as a defensive end.
1: He's like it, lining it, it, up. It, like football th- feels like the two, like thinking about football two ways feels like the only thing that would be comparable to this. Yeah. Because it is two separate sides of the ball that are completely not related. Like Correct. you can be a great player pitcher or fielder and be the worst hitter in the world. They're not overlap skills. We see it all the time. You know, how many players, how many, that's the problem. How many guys throughout their life have been either a great hitter, but had nowhere to play. They couldn't get on the field or vice versa. They could be incredible in the field, but all they could be was sort of a utility fielder and they couldn't, you know, hit well enough to be an everyday player. This is, and and I, I just, I hope anyone out there that's listening and those ba- and those of us that are baseball fans really appreciate what's happening because I don't know how long this can can last. We've seen him get hurt uh, a couple times when throughout, you know, his his years here so far, but he's basically only missed one start this year. He started April the 4th and then he didn't start again until April the 20th. So he he missed he went like 2 weeks in between starts there. He probably missed what should have been one He's had like one other start that was was bumped a few days back probably because of weather. But it's not like he's they've been picking and choosing spots for him either. Like he's started 13 games so far this year and he had he got lit up in one of those games against the Yankees uh, a couple starts back and that actually skewed his ERA leading into that game in 12 in his first 11 starts. He actually had a 2.58 ERA, and then he couldn't get out of the first inning in that Yankees game. That was the one game he got lit up. He ended up giving up seven earned runs because he walked four. He gave up a couple hits. There was an error and he got crushed, but he ended up getting a bomb in that game too. (laughs) And they ended up winning that game. So it's, I mean, he just pitched against Boston, one of the best offenses in the entire league. He went seven innings. He gave up five hits, zero walks, and he and two earned runs against one of the best teams in the league. He got through seven innings with in eighty nine pitches. Is he a better hitter or a better pitcher in your mind? Hitter. I just I still think hitter.
2: Um, but he hasn't even gotten the chance to really like, you know, study up on all these hitters, You're right. like, like think, think of like Verlander and like Kershaw attack them in a series. Right. They know these guys inside out. So these are some fierce battles when you're talking about, you know, Clayton Kershaw against any hitter. Um, And he's been, you know, can Verlander, you know, outwit you on the mound, so to speak. He hasn't even had that chance yet. No. But with that said, I tend to agree with you. I think I think he just can be impact- a
1: little bit better of a hitter. Yeah. And he'll impact your team more every day in the lineup, you know, or close to it than pitching once every five days. Um, But wow, I, I I didn't think when he came a few years ago that, that this would be more than like a gimmick thing. I really didn't. And I, and you know, the Dodgers were in the mix for him. Remember, he didn't, he didn't want to go to the East coast. He wanted to come somewhere on the West coast. And so it was, you know, maybe the Dodgers, Angels. I think Mariners were some of the teams because of ah uh, of the the large like Asian population um over here. He would he was gonna feel like better. It was a little bit easier for I think media and stuff like that for him, and uh, and the American League made a lot of sense for him too because of the DH. Yes, yes. So and and exactly made made a lot more sense there. Um. Just, I I didn't think he'd be able to even get through a half of a season ever doing it like this. And I just really, and they've already said that we're we're going to. He's he's going to be in the home run derby. This could be a weekend or a few days uh, all star week. It's not a weekend, but those couple days. Could you imagine if he doesn't have to win, but like if he wins the home run derby or has just one of those really great rounds? where he wins and he hits these monster bombs and he makes and it doesn't who cares how if he wins it, but if he just has a really fun showing and then the next day he's going to pitch and hit, you know, they're going to do it. They're going to, they've already talked about it and that they're going oh, to try Mad, to hit. Madden's already uh, signed off on it. He's a blessing to it. He said uh, they're going to pitch and hit it. He's going to pitch for an inning and they're going to let him hit. How cool would that be if he gets a big hit or hits a home run in that all-star game and then pitches I mean, these could be, this might be what gets everybody watching him, is if he really is able to, and, and it's it's sad because it's not like there's pressure on him to go and show up in the Home Run Derby in the All-Star game, but but if if Monday and Tuesday of next week, when everybody, when people are watching the Home Run Derby and people are, there's no other baseball games on, and those are a couple days where, you know, we'll see what happens with the NBA Finals, like. Those are usually days where there's not a whole lot of other sports on. So most people are watching that. If he shows up and has an, like, an out of body experience, maybe this is where he becomes that next level star. Where for the entire second half, everybody's talking about Hotani's up. What's he doing here? Because we really should start getting to that conversation, man. And I'm a Dodger fan. I'm not like an Angels fan or anything, but it is literally unfathomable what this guy's doing. I'm going to take out the maybes you kind of gave some qualifiers. Maybe he
2: does this. Maybe I'm just going to remove those entirely and say, this is going to be his coming out party. I don't know if he's going to win the home run derby. It's the chance. But it's a perfect is, chance. He, this is going to be his coming out party. He is going to do something spectacular in those two days. Maybe yeah. uh, I, I, I guess I said, I was going to remove the, maybe, maybe it's in, in both days. Even uh, I really think he's going to do something very, very special, but look, man, to me, even if he strikes out, the side you know and goes over two or over one of the walk or something That still be incredible it's, just, it's mind-boggling not it really is so uh, he's going to do something special over these coming days this is going to be his coming out party we've seen that all-star weekend even though it doesn't mean anything it means a whole hell of a lot in terms of the media the fans the excitement we saw um uh Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on his name? The The Rangers guy, Jeff uh, Hamilton, Josh Hamilton, yeah. uh, who that was his coming. Stole the party, show. He stole right? the show that we've that seen, time. Yeah, we've seen guys yeah. who have entered the All-Star game having really good seasons and you come out of it a superstar. I, I really think that that's going to be the case. And it's not going to be the case just with the Japanese media. It's going to no. be with everybody involved, everybody that's watching over here. This guy is dynamite, man. Let me ask you this. If I would have told you, let's turn back the clock three years. If I would have told you that in the 2021 All-Star Game, that Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts would be kind of afterthoughts, <laughs> right? And that Fernando Tatis. Even, even Acuna. Yeah. NL- in Soto. Yeah. In good, yeah. But let's just even say that Fernando Tatis, somebody that we had not even heard of since his dad played for for the Cardinals, right, uh, in, the, in the National League, and that Shoei Itani in the American League would be the dominant headlines. I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. And that's only, like, just three years ago. It kind of shows you, though, how um, rich the uh, – Baseball world is in talent right now. I mean, there's a ton. And we haven't even talked about like Vlad and what he's doing. It's ridiculous. How about Devers? Have you looked at what Devers is
4: doing? It was absolutely ridiculous.
1: Earlier in the season, we were really unlucky. He was hitting the ball hard just right at people. You could sort of tell that those numbers were going to even out a little bit uh, for him. And, uh, yeah, we didn't get a, oh, a chance to talk a whole lot about um, the rest of the league. But, you know what? Shohei got his deserved uh, due because he's been incredible with 32 home runs in the first half of the year. One thing we briefly mentioned last week, but we didn't really talk about it. And we just uh, – I think it's at least worth mentioning with our last minute. Um, they did just announce that they're going to get have another week of, uh, of a leave for Trevor Bauer before the, while the MLB investigates everything that's going on there. The Dodgers pulled – um, All of the Trevor Bauer merchandise um, and are not selling anything w- while the investigation is going on They changed a Trevor Bauer bobblehead night that was set And I think we are in a, uh, a a society where you are innocent until proven guilty I think that the situation with what exactly went on here is what makes this difficult This wasn't like, hey Mike, did you steal that or not? You didn't? Okay, it's over, now we can move on some of the things that happened here, whether or not he's really innocent, are still pretty graphic and hard to, still hard to grasp. So I think this is still going to be going on for a long time while they investigate.
2: He's going to be out for the year, man. That's yeah. That's, uh, I'm going to predict that right now. I, it is I, very I very strange circumstance.
1: Pitch for the Dodgers r- this year as a Dodger fan. It's going to hurt the team more. He has no business on the mound until this is completely figured out, one way or the other. Because there are, are a lot to th- layers to this. Absolutely. That's all the time we
2: have. Enjoy this great sports weekend and the All-Star break. We'll come back right after the first games come back onto the field. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week.